0: Welcome to the Startup Grind Podcast. Startup Grind is the world's largest independent startup community, inspiring, educating, and connecting millions of entrepreneurs across the globe in partnership with Google for Startups. These are the stories of disruptors, innovators, and game changers from the fastest high growth companies and venture capital firms in existence. Join us as we unpack their strategies, learn from their mistakes, and grow together. There's no time to wait, so let's begin.
1: Hey all Chris Jonu, back, back at it again. Here to serve the people. The good people will start run community. With another major fireside chat. I said major. Everyone will be major. If I don't use the word major, feel free to skip it. Because I've tried to slot something in there that's a bit of a filler. It's uh, not class A. But that'll never happen. Everyone is major. And today's no different. We've got Arlen Hamilton, backstage capital who is solely focused on un- underrepresented founders, love this mission, and I love Ireland Because not only is she changing the world here, she loves us. She loves the startup grind. She was sitting in the audience only three years ago doing what you're doing, listening, taking notes, seeing me on stage. Hmm. Maybe I was just a little, little spark, or a little shred of inspiration along Ireland's journey. I like to think so. Um... Probably not But it can happen to you Just keep on keeping on And maybe you'll be the managing partner of your own VC fund In the near future Alan Hamilton was being interviewed by Emily Chang a Famous TV producer, Bloomberg Television And a celebrated author, Brotopia Cracking open those big stories in Silicon Valley And this was a monster interview Enjoy
2: Can we get another round of applause for this woman? Thank you
0: can so, I a, can I do a shout out? To yeah, all the, please all the shout out whoever house. you so want. Shout out to all the parents who, who have babysitters and <laughs> made it work, made it work to be here.
2: Amen. So, this is the first time I'm interviewing you, so I'm very excited. We've had conversations on the side, but right. I've read all the fancy magazine profiles, as I'm sure many people in this audience have. I've listened to the podcast, but I sort of want to hear in your own words who is Arlen Hamilton. This is a this is a Beaches moment.
0: <laughs> this is nobody watches Beaches too too old for you. Um, who is Arlen Hamilton? Well, I I, I identify right now as as the, the the founder of Backstage Capital because it's so important to me, and it's it's uh, su- such a part of my DNA right now. And um, I'm, I guess I'm someone who who constantly finds ways to um, build my own space. in in places where
2: I don't see myself. So I want to talk about how you built your own space and how you got here, because it is certainly the atypical Silicon Valley story. I mean, you had no college degree, which isn't that atypical of Silicon Valley, but no network, no money. You were on food stamps? Correct. Like, you really were on food stamps. Oh,
0: yeah. People are like, how homeless were you? And were you really on food stamps? Or is that just a a good title? Really on food stamps, and and sometimes wasn't on food stamps, and that was the problem. Like sometimes couldn't get food stamps.
2: And you were investing in Texas in tech.
0: Yeah, I started off by um, I started off by working with companies mm-hmm. out of Texas, and uh, was felt like I was on an island. But I hadn't I had no money at that point.
2: So how did you fall into this? Like how did you find the tech I, industry? Uh, so I had kind of.
0: G- Gotten my way into working on music and and music uh, production, uh, live music production. And I was seeing some of the people that I looked up to and also found entertaining were making investments in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And I knew as a customer what Airbnb was. I knew as a customer what what Warby Parker would have been. But I didn't realize that they're like the teams behind it. And so once I understood, okay, Ashton Kutcher is going to this. magical land to call Silicon Valley because he wants to invest in this company. And that's why he has a sticker on his, on his uh, laptop. And I was like, wait a minute, that's, those guys are me. And at the time it was guys, you know. Those guys are me. I'm just in a different package. I've always felt like this hacker uh, entrepreneur type. And I just uh, didn't know that this place existed. So once I understood that I wanted to be part of it, and when I tried to be part of it, uh, there was not much there for me, welcoming me, and that's when I started seeing, oh, wow, like, there are a lot of us who are, who are like me and like people that I admire who have a lot to offer and are, you know, in some cases, brilliant, um, but they just don't have that same access to the, these resources that these other guys do. And, 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 and I heard little stories like the Airbnb guys, which who I, I really like where they had like the cereal boxes that they would sell to make the money to keep them going. And people in Silicon Valley were just like, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my life. And Obama I'm like, owes." for me, I thought it was brilliant, but I also thought that's a Tuesday for me. That's us <laughs> figuring it out, right? So I said, if that is powerful to this group of people who has a lot of money and resources, I can't imagine what
2: they'll think when they see us coming. So you bought a one-way ticket to San Francisco?
0: I crowdfunded crowd a one-way ticket to, to San Francisco. I mean, I'm telling you. When I say broke, I mean broke.
2: And you slept on the floor. <laughs> she slept on the floor of the airport. Yeah, I did that.
0: Um, I, I, you know, some people say, oh, she couch surfed. I'm like, that sounds more fun than what I did. <laughs> You know, I was in my, in my mid-30s. and I hope and, you were in Terminal, too. Uh, yeah, I was, I was in—actually, I was there last night. I was like—I mean, not—I not, left. <laughs> I, I was in front of the Frontiers line, uh, Frontiers uh, kiosk, and I was there. I found myself there again because I, I was like, oh, my God. in my back, you know, it was, it was really trippy. But, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't fun, and it wasn't glamorous. I'm sure it'll make a great Lifetime movie one day.
2: So so how did you actually get your first break? I mean, were you just emailing everyone you possibly could? Yeah, so I emailed a ton
0: of people, and I got better and better at that. I started out really giving people my life story and and not being concise as I could. But I learned from it, and I tried to learn from it. And I learned everything I could on my own, which is what I really recommend to anyone here who's trying to start something. Just have so much information that you have. You own that. You own your information, and and so that was really important to do. And so over time, I got my way there, and and I came here, and I went to a course uh, that 500 Startups was putting on so I could at least, like, be around other people. I then just met everybody I could, and for months, people, they didn't know that I didn't have a place to live. They just knew I was trying to raise this fund that was kind of weird that, was, that sounded more like a philanthropic uh, venture than anything. What
2: was the thesis at that point? Like, the, what was the, the pitch? It was the
0: same. It was that I um, am a, a gay black woman who has access to founders who look different than the status quo and who are doing amazing things at a discount. And if, we, if they have done so much with so little, what happens when you give them more? And don't you want to be at, at the forefront of that? Because things will change in the next five years, this was t- two thousand thirteen. On the next five years, things will change, and people would pat me on the head or ignore me. Or and I remember distinctly going to conferences and getting my way in, and people would just ignore me when I tried to talk to them about it. And those sa- some of those same people chase me down now, chase me down to can I pick your brain? Can I have coffee with you? And I'm like, yeah, you had a fund, and you wouldn't listen to me before, and now all of a sudden you do. So I mean, it it's important that you, you kind of give people that dignity of, of at least taking them
2: seriously. So how did you get your first check?
0: The very first check was from Susan Kimberlin. She is an angel investor.
2: And a, th- a woman. And
0: a woman. I was going to say, I think it's important to point that out because I think it was going to be a woman that gave me the first check. It took a few months of education on my part to, to explain to her what I wanted to do and also just venture in general because that, had, that was a whole kind of, uh, barrier. And once she, she got it, she was like, you know what, why not? Let's try and let's see what you can do. I guess for her, the worst thing that could happen is that she lost that certain amount of money and it wouldn't go negative, right? So she gave me that, that first chance and that's all I had been waiting for for years. I had been working towards that moment, so I was ready. And as soon as she gave me that first um, check, twenty-five thousand, it was $25,000. It was the same size as most of the investments that I was making, or would be making. And as soon as she did that, it was more than anything else. Uh, someone calls it uh, a confidence check. That's what it was for me. Because I was like, oh, it's on now. <laughs> it's on. You can't stop me now.
2: <laughs> it's on. I mean, you've, you've since you got money from Mark Andreessen, Andre- Stuart Butterfield, Aaron Levy, and you have- I let them into the round. Yeah, you let them in. Um, how much money <laughs> have well, you invested now?
0: So we've invested around $5 million, um, and, um... But you got a
2: $36 million fund. Yeah, we're,
0: fund. we're, inv- we're pledging a $36 million mm-hmm. fund into black women, $1 million at a time. And so, um... Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, um... I, it's really important to understand that, that, that first five, the first million, was $25,000 at a time mm-hmm. where it took dozens of no's to get one yes at a time. Mm-hmm. It's really important to remember that. I never want, I never want to forget that myself because uh, we've invested in 100 companies now. And to me, that's the important part. And there's billions of dollars being spent year. I think like, 2018 was 100 billion in venture. And we're talking about five million, thirty-six million. Is is the tip of the iceberg? There needs to be much, much, much more. Uh, I think I propose that you know ten percent of ten uh, percent more of funding could go into underrepresented founders in any given year, and that would change everything.
2: And you're taking this global. You are launching an accelerator program in London and LA. Yeah, LA,
0: Detroit, Philadelphia. Detroit's here. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, Philadelphia and London, and it launches March. It's our, our team. I, I take very little credit for it because it's a team um, of, of 30 people that are amazing, and, and we're taking it to the cities that we really
2: believe in. So, so what's the strategy? I mean, how do you choose which black female founder to invest in or Just in which general? person of color? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's evolved
0: over time. I'm doing the same thing that most investors do is figure out my thesis, figure out what's working, what's not. I mean, at the earliest stages, we're talking pre-seed and seed. Anyone who tells you they have a real strategy is probably lying to you or themselves. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's no one who can predict. But uh, what we So what is
2: it? Is it like a gut feeling? Is it the people? Yeah, so for the
0: first 60 or so investments, (laughs) it was gut. It was... um, not letting go of, the, of, sort of that naivete that I had, I thought that was really important because it was magical. Everybody else had the, sort of the same thoughts. And if I, if I kind of walked into the room a little bit rough around the edges, then that I thought, and I still think that that is my edge. And so it was seeing, it's pattern matching for grit. It's seeing someone that reminds me of myself. And I, I haven't said in this in a long time, I'll, I'll bring it back out. Uh, it's being hungry and not thirsty. Mm. It's, being, it's someone who you, you know they'll do almost anything for their company, but they also can take constructive criticism. They also uh, can learn and, and, and teach. And, um, and, you know, someone who's a domain expert or who has equivalent expertise, right? I'm not looking, I'm not looking for someone who, who necessarily looks great on paper because there's plenty of funds for that. Um, I get offered a lot of deals that are like, you know, mainstream, great returns, and this is sort of easy for you, but it doesn't fit our thesis. Mm. It's, uh, I'm looking for people who are going to, um, who are underestimated, and that's something really powerful in that. If if you have an entire portfolio of people who are underestimated every day of their lives, they have a lot to, to prove.
2: Now, you're in like chapter one, right? Yeah. Or like the I guess I'm chapter two. Okay, yeah. chapter, I mean, I'm chapter two. So, what do you say to people who say, how do we know if you're a good investor? The story remains to be yeah, written. Yeah, That's, and it's a very fair thing. I think I, I did a,
0: a letter to my LPs uh, recently, our investors, and I said, you know, the novelty will wear, wear off really soon. I'm very aware of that. And now it's about showing and proving. And it's about returns. I think it's also about being very realistic and and putting us on the same like um, treating us the same as you would treat someone else. Because I have a lot of white male counterparts who do not get asked in, in year one, "How are my returns?" I, I, you know what I'm saying? I have a lot of them that don't get asked that question, but I get asked that question. Oh, have you had any exits? I'm like, we invest in pre-seed a year, uh, half a year ago. No, we don't have exits right now. But I do, I do think, believe, and also know that um, this year in 2020, just based on our portfolio and the conversations I've had and the ways we've been able to help, I know that we will have exits, and that'll be really interesting for some people. And then there will be, you know, we are very, we're in it. We're in it for the long haul. We're not tourists. So we don't encourage our founders to do some sort of flip just to make us look good. That's not interesting to us. I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm going to be here um, in seven years for you if you're a founder of ours. It's, it's just the way I feel about it. And so I think w- how you start measuring us over the next two years and how we've been measuring so far internally is um, how, what kind of revenue is, is, is being generated at these companies? What kind of growth is happening? With, with, and, and compared to the right com, com, uh, comparison of how many how much resources? how many resources you have.
2: So what do you say to the criticism that you're helping some people who might not care as much as they should about diversity check a box?
0: Oh, you mean like our investors, are people who kind of take the picture with us? So the, the investors are not people who take the picture. The vet, I turn away people who take the picture, right, who are like, hey, will you come to our luncheon? And I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, oh, you're going to sit me right in the middle, aren't you? Yeah, okay. Um, so. The, for some people, I think, who, so people who invest, you have to understand I have to be careful because um, I, I really don't mind what people think of me, but I do have an entire group of people that I'm speaking for sometimes. And I care about their well-being and their livelihood. Um, I, I believe that if you are if you're an investor in us, um, you, you probably have invested for one of three reasons. Maybe you invested because you think it's the right thing to do. You like, think it's like a heartwarming thing. Uh, another reason is like more on like the Mark Andreessen side is like, like he's so rich he'll never you know th- this is like one ski lift <laughs> ticket for him. <laughs> it's like oh I lost a ski lift ticket I can't do that. But I think he's just super curious about what I do, and I think that still drives him every day. I haven't talked to him about it, but I would imagine someone like that, it drives them to see what is this lady about, what's going to happen there, and then. <clears throat> There are people who just look at it and say, you're just right. Like, this is a no-brainer. I don't care about the warm and fuzzies. You're right. Like, no one's looking at these, this group of people. It stands the reason that a few of them are going to outshine the rest and they're going to uh, outperform. And let's, let's do the same thing we do with, with most things in the same boat. Um, so anyone who is, who I've sort of missed in my, in my radar or my filter because uh, I'm usually good at it, but anyone I've missed who's just doing this, being part of this um, t- to look good, uh, you know, they won't last long in our orbit. We, they won't last long because um, maybe they got through already, but, you know, uh, real recognizes real, and that won't last long, and I, I'm telling you, there's many, many people, there are many, many people I have turned away and and said, no, in the deep, as dark as times.
2: So, let's talk about that because okay. there's been a recent Twitter kerfuffle. Some Twitter, of you what is that? May have seen this. We could do a whole session on Arlen's tweets. I actually thought about <laughs> picking ten tweets. Um, you've had a situation develop with Paul Graham that actually didn't start. You were brought into it by yeah. fans, actually. And I'm just curious what you think happened there from your perspective. Um, well, I mean,
0: I guess the short, short version is that I was tagged, a woman named Lisa is awesome. She's interviewed me before in Albuquerque. Um, Paul just listed, Paul Graham runs YC. And he listed, he said the, some of the best investors that he knows are operators, which is a fair, you know, fair assessment. He said, all
2: the best investors I know are more like founders than investors. Fred Wilson, Mike Moritz, Mark Andreessen, Ben Horowitz, Keith Raboy. What do I mean by like founders? Informal, pragmatic, genuinely interested in products, and not just in money. Fair
0: enough. I mean, that's a tweet, right? That's his own little tweet. Lisa noticed that it was not very diverse. And I was at home, I was, like, watching, like, you know, the pre-Grammy whatever, you know, what, <laughs> I was, had my string cheese and I was chilling. <laughs> and I just see a tag and it said, hey, that's an impressive list. Also, I mean, it was really innocent the way she said it. She's like, also, maybe you can hang out with, like, Arlen sometimes because then you'll, you'll, like,
2: you know, broaden your horizons a little bit. Your list could expand beyond yeah. some admittedly impressive men, she right.
0: said. Totally legit. And so... His response, before I even saw that, like, his response was, or. So now there's an or, because there's only room for one. He said, or, I could just go next door, or into the next room, because my wife is in there, and she's an investor. Jessica, and she's an investor. And I know what he was thinking, I'm sure, that he thought, you know, whatever. And so (laughs) I I took a screenshot of that, and I said, this is the problem that first of all, there's an or, you know, and that, that his, his response to this is, no, I'm good. I got my wife here. She checks all those marks, forget this. It wasn't that I wanted to be on his list. Um, I don't need to be on Paul Graham's list. It wasn't that I was trying myself to be on the list. It was just a really interesting way that he responded to Lisa. So then he responded to that, <laughs> which he has never, and I don't think ever in the five years that I've known about him, uh, or plus i don 't think he's ever acknowledged my existence. He responded she's not just my wife. Um, she is an investor in her own right and 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 tweets like yours devalue her, something to that effect and you're talking to a person who spends every waking moment of their life trying to better myself and to bring others with me who are underrepresented. And you've just called me sexist. Hmm. In front of people. Like sometimes, you know, out loud. So that is when it all hell broke loose because my people, (laughs) were like, uh uh-uh, no not today, not on my watch. And, um, and then it became this thing. And I actually, you know, I had about seven or 800 new followers in about 16 hours. But I also had to block 70 to 80 people. Yeah. Because I was called racist. I was called an asshole by more than one person. I was called um, really bad, na- you know, racist names, misogynistic names, um, all sorts of lovely things. And these are, the thing is, like, I'd have no problem getting into it with Paul or anyone else. Mm-hmm. I think we know that. But you can't just have like an, a, like, I can't just dis- dis- just disagree with you.
2: Well, well and at this it's, point, you're t- it's not just Paul. You're the Paul's fans, Paul's people.
0: It's like Paul's people. His people <laughs> are going for the jugular, and, and he, he's able to be kind of insulated from this, and... Um, he doesn't, I don't think, I don't know, because I don't know him that well, but I, I don't think he realizes what he just did to my life this weekend.
2: So I what, have, yeah, tell us about the fallout. You, you, you tweeted, I haven't had to block this many men telling me how stupid I am since October 2016, when I had Peter Thiel's fanboys telling me how stupid and fat I am. She really doesn't mince words. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it takes a toll
0: on my mental health. I'm very, I feel very strong. And I'm pretty honest. So like, if I said online, like I'm okay, I did a video to let everybody know I was okay. I'm not lying. I'm not putting up a facade. But also, there's some, I have a lot of other stress. And there's a lot on my shoulders. And this was, um, it wasn't him. It wasn't the fact that he wasn't disagreeing. That's one person in life. It was the fact that, I don't want to say too much because I think it emboldens others, but let's just say he put me in, in, a, in a physical danger that is beyond just disagreeing with someone. You felt that. in
2: physical danger.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't want to talk too much about it because then it just adds
2: and adds and adds to it. So is there anything that you want to say to Paul right now or, or Jessica, who is Fabulous I, I, I
0: love Jessica. Like Jessica's cool. I said in a video, she's my homegirl. Like, let's go, let's go kick it. Um, I don't know if I want to say anything to Paul. I think, well, or 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 the people. I don't know. So, I mean, all these all these guys in, in their underwear in basements. I just don't know if I have enough. I don't know if we all relate to them, <laughs> as well. But I would say, I would say, Paul. Like someone said online, it's okay to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to ask questions. And you are rich beyond anyone's wildest dreams. You've you've made it. You've already won. So, um, you know, take a day out and and broaden your horizons a little bit. And I'm not going to try to fix him or make him a better person, but please know that It's not, you you have a lot of pull and you have a lot of power and your words carry weight. So when you get into it with someone, especially someone like me who I'm looking at my bank account every day just to make sure I'm okay still, like think about that for a second. you, You put my livelihood at risk by your flippancy and your complacency. So I would just say maybe what you could do today is just tweet out hey, Arlen and I disagree on something, but you don't, my followers don't have to be jerks to her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Leave her alone. That would be really cool.
2: So, <clears throat> unfortunately what you're doing does represent, in some ways, some people might perceive it as a threat to you know, the established ways of doing business here in yep. Silicon Valley. So, yep. the title of this discussion is Breaking Rules While B- Breaking Ground. What's your advice to the people in the audience? What rules can they break while also breaking ground and not breaking everything?
0: <laughs> yeah, don't, don't break everything. Uh, we need that. you know. That's why we ha- can't have nice things. Don't break it all. <laughs> um, I, I just think that being, being yourself and being authentic, and I say this a lot, but I, 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 just, I think that being yourself, being true to yourself, even through all of this, like I'm not Putting up some, you know, fake. I could lose money here. I could lose money for other people. I could lose money for myself, but um, I I think it's gonna work out because I'm being myself. So that is like your biggest asset is being yourself. It's also uh, your biggest fist in the air is being yourself because you have to live with yourself. And all this stuff is gonna come and go. Like there's in three years, there's gonna be something that everybody flocks to that's not venture capital. It's just gonna it's gonna change like this And so if you're sell- out there selling your soul for some VC money, um, you know what have you done that for? So you know nothing's worth a check. Nothing is worth a check. Like we're going to be okay. I was sitting up there a couple of years like three years ago, I was sitting up there. Couldn't hey get a you seat. people
2: in the balcony. Hello. Yeah,
0: I was sitting up there, and I was, <laughs> I was watching uh, everyone talking, and, and I, I again went f- in four years from not knowing when I was going to eat next to being up here. And I've been the same person I was four years ago. And I I somehow managed to get this far.
2: All right, uh, I'm going to pull in Ellen. Can we take a picture? Oh, please. Can we memorialize the moment that you went from there to here? Yeah. All right, I want you all to be in this picture. So everybody stand up. All right, Emily said stand up, so we do it. Lean in. OK? Do it. Cop
0: that brotopia! It's just like the
2: Oscars. Get that
0: brotopia book okay. in having
2: it. <laughs> all right. Here, let's try to. Okay. okay. All right. One, two, three. Woo woo! Okay. Thank you so much, Thank Arlen you. Hamilton, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. To keep up to date with all things Startup Grind, visit us at startupgrind.com or join us at an event in
0: a city near you. Until next time. Chase the vision and keep hustling.